0: It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey.
1: Good morning. Good to see you. Here's a question straight off the bat. Has anybody here ever just been tracking along kind of nicely and uh, you experienced a situation where things just suddenly come, came unhinged? Anybody? Yeah, come on now. Those of you that don't lift your hands, you're either asleep or you're lying to yourself right now because we've all had that happen. And it could be something small. You know, Junior comes home from school, says, Mom, Dad, I've got a science project uh, due tomorrow and I need all this stuff. And they give you this two-page list and you're like, Junior, when did you first know you had this project due? And they're like, "Uh, teacher gave it to us a month ago. And like, you can either light up at Junior or you can head off to Kmart. you got a choice right now, but you're like, man, this has really changed the trajectory of my evening here. Uh, maybe you had a friendship, it was going super, super well. And then just suddenly, through nothing you did, it's kind of started to unravel. And you know, maybe you finally caught up on your bills. And you're like, yes, cha-ching. And then a new one hits. You're driving along and your check engine light comes on. And you're like, damn you, check engine light. And I wonder if in these kind of situations, you've ever thought to yourself something along the lines of, boy, if only I could get rid of all these janky things from my life and just be left with the good stuff, then I could be happy. And if you've ever had that thought, I just want to let you know, and we've launched a series to really unpack this subject. That's not a necessary requirement for happiness, the absence of janky things and only the presence of good things. I wanna put it to you and we're teaching this series that you can actually experience happiness and joy even when some things aren't quite going the way that you would prefer. So we're teaching out of a letter Uh, that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. If you've got your smartphone camera handy, scan this flow code. It's going to take you to the fourth chapter of that letter. While you're doing that, let me give you a little bit of context. So it was written by a guy named Paul. Paul, he started his career and he kind of entered the pages of history as a pretty big deal in the Jewish religious system. He was pretty famous. He was pretty influential, probably even pretty wealthy at that time. And uh, one day when he was on his way to do his job, which was try to quash the church, kill Christians, uh, Jesus intercepted him. And he's like, well, that was unexpected. And uh, when Jesus intercepts you, if you're paying attention, everything changes. And so Paul in that, well, not in that moment, a few days later, but as a result of that moment, He went from this wealthy, influential, super qualified Jewish religious leader to now becoming a Jesus follower. Now he started growing in in fame and popularity and influence among the church. The problem is that the church was being persecuted. So Paul effectively switched teams and he went from what was considered to be the winning team to the losing team. So whilst his popularity and fame and influence was growing in this uh, movement, this Jesus followers group, the Jewish people, (laughs) the very ones who held him in high esteem, they came looking for him. And at various times, on multiple occasions, they arrested him for the crime of preaching about Jesus. And so he experienced them uh, throwing rocks at him. You know the preacher's thing, right? Sorry, if you if you if you're a church veteran, you know this. It was never funny. It's not going to be funny today either. I'm just going to kind of catch the rest of us up. This is some of the terrible. If you've if you're not a, like a church person, this is an example of some of the terrible church preaching humor that up until today you've managed to dodge. So sorry, because I'm about to. Tell you one, that Paul during his life was stoned with real stones. <laughs> oh, 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 I know. One of the group of religious leaders were called Sadducees. You know what they were called Sadducees? Because they were Sadducee. Great, really? No, okay. Who's on team who's on team? Great. Who's on team Move On Mark? Yeah, I'm on team Move On Mark and I'm moving on. I got the microphone. <laughs> oh, oh, unfortunately, I do have plenty more where they came from, Reese. So, Jeebus, oh, creepus. We probably need to edit that from the podcast. Um, but he'd find him, found himself shipwrecked, he found himself slandered, he, you know, and, and oftentimes by people that used to be his colleagues. And so he wrote this letter. In fact, the the, the very uh, beginning of this letter, he acknowledged, I'm currently under arrest. I'm in chains. And he wrote this letter to the church in Philippi. Now, this letter is the most popular letter in the new part of the Bible. And it's kind of been nicknamed the letter of joy. It's like, well, that's great. But understand, Paul wrote the letter of joy in prison. He was not living in in a situation where he had no janky circumstances going for him. In fact, things were super, super janky. And he wrote this letter of joy. And he wrote to this church, I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Meaning, you know, like, oh, Paul's in prison. You know, what can we do? What can we do? And they couldn't find, sort of figure out anything that they could do. They didn't have a chance to help me. But look, now, this is is not what people in prison normally say. Not that I was ever in need what uh, what for i have uh, for i have learned how to be content with whatever i have i know how to live on almost nothing or with everything i've learned the secret of living in every situation whether it's with a full stomach or empty with plenty Or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, that last one, if you're a church veteran, that's the one we love to quote. That's the one we love to declare. That's the one on the t shirt. That's the one on the bumper sticker. That's the one on the fridge magnet. Yeah, I can do everything. Which, by the way, is not true. You can't play tennis like Roger Federer. But anyway, we'll talk about that another time. He's now writing about the fact that he's in prison, but what he's actually talking about is the secret to contentment to living content now <clears throat> a few things first of all he's using the word learned twice in other words this isn't a truth that we're born with. This isn't a truth that our current uh, culture points us to. This is a secret. I've learned the secret. I've gone on a journey. I've explored this. I've road tested it with myself because I was once stoned with. Re- anyway, um, it's the but he learned. We've actually got to look at our circumstances, especially the janky ones. But by the way, Paul also said, I've had some great stuff in my time and I'm happy to go with the great stuff again. But in the things, whether it's great or bad, little or much, full stomach or empty stomach, I've learned that in every situation, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. He didn't say that the secret is more great deals on Amazon Prime days. He didn't say that the secret is more overseas vacations. He didn't say that the secret is just another pair of shoes away. (laughs) He double clicks on this idea that we can learn that the secret of contentment can be found regardless of our circumstances. And this is the big idea today. If Jesus is your everything, you can face anything because He's the one thing that never changes. He's the one that's more than enough. He's the one that's always there. He's the one that goes before us and walks beside us. Yes, yes, yes. This is the secret to contentment. This is it. Not stuff, not circumstances, that if you make Jesus your everything, you can face anything. So, I just want to drop a couple of big ideas and I'm going to give you a couple of my pro tips today. First tip define your enough. Because we live in a culture that says enough is just another purchase away, enough is just another thing away, enough is just another experience away, enough is just another. And, and what we often find is we get that thing, we have that experience and we find ourselves standing there and we're like, oh my gosh, the line just moved. Somebody moved the line. I got to the line and then, and then I'm like, somebody moved the line. And so, you, so then we strive to get back up to the line and we get there, we're like, someone moved the line again. The key is don't let culture and other people tell you where the line is. Define your enough. Here's a question. Who's the most content? The person with 12 children or the person with a million dollars? Yeah, some of you look at me like, this is definitely a trick question. Or if ever there was a setup, this is it. <clears throat> well, the answer is clearly the person with 12 children because they have enough. <laughs> They're not waking up every morning saying, if only we could get some more. They're trying to figure out ways to clear the, thin the herd a little bit. Whereas the guy with a million bucks, he's just thinking about how can I get another million bucks? And that's the thing. If you don't define you enough, then your friends and marketing professionals and social media and the prevailing culture will try to define it for you. And then you'll become a slave to the pull of more. And never feel like you have enough and because you don't feel like you have enough you won't be content now Paul's not against more he he went full disclosure he said I've had a full stomach I mean thanks God great delicious pass the napkin but he said "But, but then I've also had an empty stomach and I've been content in both situations He says, I've had plenty and I've had very little and I've been content in both. So Paul's not against more. God's not against more. The the, the, the big idea is don't think that the only way that you're going to experience contentment is if you have, get experience more. And until that day, you just have to put up with being miserable. I wanna just show you a little bit of something. If I just slice and dice these two and they're not like competitors. Let's throw the next slide up there. They're not competitors and they are a little bit nuanced and I'm gonna to try to unpack this. I'm not putting this up there to confuse you. But, but this is what I've been talking about to now, the myth of more. We live in a culture that does tell us if you have more, do more and be more, then you will be happier. And again, you might be a little bit happier right now we have a mortgage if you would like to give us the money to eliminate our mortgage we would now have more and we would pay off our mortgage i actually would feel a little bit happier so would you rba irrelevant right so so this isn't all bad but if that's your singular singular thing that you place You're hoping, you're never going to experience contentment. Then there's this kingdom contrast. And this is the gift of enough. And this is what God speaks over your life. That if Jesus is your everything, you have enough. Because Jesus has forgiven you, extended you unconditional love and grace that you couldn't earn, but He didn't ask you to earn it, then to have that relationship with Jesus that makes contentment possible, you've already done enough to be at that place. And then He gives you a new identity. You become a new creation. You're no longer what those people have said about you. You no longer those experiences that you had that used to define you. We get to be a person that with Jesus I am enough. We don't have to strive, we don't have to compete, we don't have to Sounds good, right? The gift, it's a gift. The stuff on this side, you've got to earn that. The stuff on that side, it's a gift. You just have to accept it. Hello. It's a cheat code. Though I am aware that some of you are wired like me, we are GSD people, get stuff done. In a different context, I might substitute a different S word in the middle, but get stuff done is the big idea. If you're a get stuff done person, you might look at this list and say, oh, good Mark, great. This stuff, the gift of enough, I have enough, I've done enough, I am enough, sounds like complacency to me. Sounds like an excuse for doing sweet bugger all. Right? I mean... And then others of you that are not wired that way, you're thinking, this is the best news ever. I don't even have to try. Hand me the remote control. I won't even feel a pang of guilt when Netflix says, are you still there? You're like, heck yeah I am because I have enough and I've done enough and I am enough. Start the next episode. So the former, the GSD people, let, let me get you back on, my, on side. <laughs> and the Netflix people who are thinking this is a ticket to, to ride to complacency, I'm, I'm about to talk you down off the ledge. <laughs> See, one of the traps of the myth of more is it often, not, not exclusively, but it often, the, often the focus is you. I, I need to have more, for me. I need to do more for me. I need to be more for my plans and purposes. But if you could actually reorient that goal, the, the, the myth of more and, 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 and reorient it and actually retitle it the pathway to more effectiveness and actually start to use that type of emphasis for an other person focused, then this becomes vitally important a superpower, how can I have more to serve more? How can I have more to give more? How can I have more to be more effective? How can I have more so that I start to live out, out of the overflow of my life, not feel like I'm always reaching for the bottom of the barrel, just hoping to make it through the day? Do more to impact the lives of the people around me. Be more so that I can actually have a greater capacity to do the sorts of things that God's calling me to. So this isn't actually a prescription for complacency. This is actually saying you can be content in the journey while you're working and and training and studying and being inspired to have more, do more and be more so that God can use you more powerfully. And while you're doing that, you're trusting that God's got what you need that he's not gonna run out, yeah. that he's not gonna hold back, yeah. that he, you're not, he's not gonna do a coin toss, whether you get it or someone else gets it. He's not gonna wait until you've like jumped through 25 hoops with a carrot that's been dangling out the whole way and oh great, now you can have a, a, a bit of the carrot or actually no, move the carrot, there's another hoop. And you trust that while you're saying, God grow me and, and, and allow me to actually be more effective for others that he is the one that's taking place. And then it's like, I'm content because I trust that God's got this. If Jesus is your everything, you can face anything. So let me give you a simple piece of homework and I'm just gonna drop one more big idea at the end. Here's here's the homework and, and here's my promise to you, all right? In fact, I'm gonna give you this homework And I'm gonna personally give you a money back guarantee. Now you have to first give me some money, but a money back guarantee, all right? Look, I've never, ever given a money back guarantee in 14 years preaching here. Today's a day, people. Here's the homework. In fact, it's a money back guarantee that if you do this homework that I'm about to prescribe for you, You will find your level of joy and contentment increase immediately. So, if you if you're like, "Yeah, I'm all about the instant gratification," I find two minute noodles an incredibly long waste of time. How about some one minute noodles, people? So, I'm going to give you if you do this homework, money back guarantee that it will instantly, hello, no lag, increase your joy and contentment. Interested? And I do this. So this is like, I know it works. Otherwise, why would I? I'm smoking what I'm selling right now, okay? Okay. <clears throat> Go home and make a list of things that bring you joy. But it comes with one qualification. They've got to be things that are already within your reach. Okay? Okay. So if your bank account's empty, do not put overseas vacation with extended time on cruise ship on this list. That goes on another list. That's the later list. I'm talking about the today list. I'm talking about the stuff that's already within reach. Go home and make your list. Okay, let me give you some of the things. I've been doing this for years. I learned it years ago. Let me give you some of the things that are on my list. Things that bring me joy that are literally within reach every single day. I might not grab them, but they're there if I want to. So, and I'll come back to that. Developing my urban farm. I have an urban farm. Fruit trees, nut trees, vegetables, chickens, compost, worm farms. I've got an urban farm and I love, absolutely love, developing Marco's urban farm. I love riding my bicycle. When I ride my bicycle, I find joy. Barbecuing, hello? Slow-cooked barbecue. My Look, my house is not vegan friendly. It's vegan hostile. I love barbecuing. An animal was absolutely killed in the making of this lunch. I love making and drinking good coffee. One of my more recent things I've started to do that's accessible, that brings me great joy. I've been doing this just for the last 12 months. 12 months ago, I became a lawn dad. Hello. Now I had lawn before, but I'd neglected it. So I'm not a very good lawn dad. But now I put an an embarrassingly large amount of my YouTube clip watching, my fortnightly pay packet and my sweat equity into being a lawn dad, but it brings me joy. Now, look, I love myself a good overseas holiday. Don't mind a nice trip down south, as we say in Western Australia, down south. Uh, But I'm talking about every day. I'm talking about right now, within reach, make a list. Okay, that's step number one of things that are already within reach. And then... Do one every day. Because what you will discover is you have just leveled up your contentment with something that already exists in your life. And do that every day and rotate them. Or do two if you wanna be super indulgent. Woo, big day today, doing two things that bring me joy. Woo, wow, slow your roll, pal. Now, understand what brings you joy is gonna be different from what brings someone else joy. This is why I say it's your list. You don't even have to justify it. Maybe to your spouse, but why are you spending so much on lawn care products? Damn it, I got busted. Um, So this week I was on the East Coast attending a couple of leadership conferences in preparation for going away. I said to Louis, look, urban farms don't take care of themselves in case you're wondering. Now, we both profess a love for the outdoors. Just Louis prefers it from inside some sort of glass structure. Oh, it's a lovely day outside today. I said, sweetheart, you, I need you to look after my urban farm while I'm away. You're going to actually have to go outside. Well, but the divorce papers were nearly filed in that minute. Um, oh, jeez. It's a pretty harsh response. And I said, now, so I'm going to send you a list. Oh, a list. How many things are on the list? I said, I said, I'm not asking you to give me a kidney that I can take with me on the flight. I'm just going to give you, it's probably five things. So, I put the list, I shared the link to her, Louis, five things. Then I'm like, oh, and I remembered, I just put in some tomato seedlings and and I've got self-care irrigation set up that's like on the watering days, Sundays and Thursdays, but these, these need a little bit of water every day until they get established. I added a sixth item on the list. I go, you always do this to me when you go away. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's four tomato plants. Uh, while I was away, I'm getting. W- 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 oh, I have to tell you this one. So Louise is full blooded Italian. Her, no- her nonna is 97 years old, still grows tomato plants, and has been growing them. I think she was growing them in the womb. I don't know. Uh, been a while. And, uh, and Louise's parents are saying, I get a text message on day one, day one of Louis venturing outside. Um, which ones are the tomato plants? I'm like, well, wait, what? And then, and then sends me a picture. No, sweetheart, they're grapevines. Oh. And this went on for quite a while, actually. Um, and then three days later, and I'm gonna quote this, I was gonna screenshot it, but... I was due back on Friday. Thursday, I got this. Seriously, I'll be glad to hand back the jobs. Not even some sort of upside down face emoji, like... <laughs> no. So some of the things that bring me joy, bring Louis terror. That's okay. That's okay. Louie's joy level went down every day that I was away, because she did one thing every day that brings me joy. (laughs) But strips a slice of her soul away. (laughs) But let me tell you a bonus advantage as well. It just I mean, they'll just level up your joy a bit, but it's a cumulative thing. Every day. One just one thing. Let me tell you another thing. Too many people live miserable for 48 weeks a year and count down the days till annual leave because that's the only time of the year they're happy. And I appreciate not everyone has a job that's like their dream job, but this is what I'm saying. You can do something every day, even if you go to work in a place that's not currently your dream job and you can get out of there and do some, one thing that brings you joy. And then the other thing, and this is even worse tragedy, some people work for 40 years miserable. Oh, I can't wait till I retire, counting down the days because then I'm finally going to be be allowed to be happy as if it's somebody else's responsibility. All right, final thing. Remember, money back guarantee. I'll drink to that. Sometimes when we talk about contentment, it sounds a little bit like, like just this kind of namby-pamby thing. And that's not what Paul's talking about before. In fact, he talks about that this idea of learning if Jesus is your everything, you can handle everything that actually gives you strength. It actually makes you stronger. Th- that, then when you do have the empty stomach or the criticism or the things coming against you, that you can actually have growing strength in those situations. Learning you can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The, th- the, the secret here is that we look to Jesus rather than everybody and everything else. And this has never been more important than it is today. Today we live in the attention economy, where people literally make money if you look at them. They call themselves digital content creators. No, they're not digital content creators. They're people that stand on a beach in Bali and have someone take a photo of them. And if they're sexy enough, some people like them and some Bozos hand them money and it's like a competition for your eyeballs, for your attention. And I'm not going to dunk on that because it's optional to look at that stuff or not. I'm also not going to dunk on it because actually some of the things that people are doing and then they post them online, whether that's YouTube or Instagram, whatever, actually you can find as a source of inspiration. If that's something you feel God calling you to, it's like they're, they're giving you an example of what's actually possible. You can be inspired. You can learn from them. Like, how did they get there? I'd like to know that, right? Can be instructive. Key off them as a benchmark for what's possible, not as a license for contentment. Because the Problem is, if you look at those people who are further ahead of you and and doing what you might wanna do and you're not, that it can steal your joy because you key off them as a reminder of what you don't yet have or haven't yet done or can't quite get off the ground in the way that they've done. So don't be looking for these people as (coughs) reasons to steal your joy And by the way, it can even happen with just the people in your sphere, not the people on the other side of the screen. Someone gets the promotion that you were waiting for and you find yourself thinking, oh, must be nice. Someone goes on the overseas vacation that you've been saving for, but your check engine light keeps coming on. Oh, must be nice. Nice to be them, sucks to be me. And and, and you can find your joy and contentment level decreasing. Here's how I hack that. <clears throat> when somebody, especially people in my sphere, when, when, when I observe that God's doing something great in their lives, I celebrate it. And I don't just celebrate it with feel-good sensations. You'll hear from me. I'll I'll message you, man, how brilliant is that? Well done on the promotion. I'm so excited for you. That's great to see that God's working in your life that way. You paid off your mortgage, paid off your mortgage. Brilliant, Brilliant, I had that story told to me this week. One of my buddies from Perth, we met up in the Gold Coast. That's how it goes these days sometimes. He tells me that he paid off his mortgage. I'm like, that's amazing. I had the number in my head of what we've got left, but I'm like, no, awesome, great. And you know why? I find it easy to celebrate, easy to celebrate when God's doing great things in other people's lives. You wanna know why? Because I serve the same God. And as well as giving them affirmation, I find myself wondering, maybe I'm next. I've just seen a working example in my sphere of what's possible, made possible by the same God that I serve. Now I don't give them affirmation and say, I'd better be next. It must be nice if I was next. But I'm reminded that I serve and follow the same God. If Jesus is your everything, you can handle anything. These people aren't your competition. God's not gonna run out. He's not, well, I'm gonna bless Kaylee, but, but because he's blessed Kaylee, there's less for Marco. No, he's the God of more than enough. Blesses Kaylee and I'm like, I might be next. Awesome. Position yourself for that. And you actually feel contentment, not competition in that moment. All right, I'm done. This is my fifth coffee. I'm very done.
0: We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which primarily is every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.